If I can save you a year or two in trying to work something out, then I'm all for it, you know. The ones that pick up on it, and, and you know, it's going to work differently for you. This is Glenn Murphy with NC Sistema, and this is Sistema for Life. Peter, thanks so much for joining us on the podcast. Thank you, Glenn. Bro, this, is, uh, this one's been a wee time coming and I've uh, been wanting to get you on the podcast for a little while and Vladimir himself requested that um, we give you a chat as a, a veteran instructor with a really, uh, really good understanding of what Sistema is all about. So I'm really honored to have you on the show. Well, thank you. I appreciate it. Great. So can you tell us a little bit about yourself? Um, what was your background coming into Sistema? You've, I understand you've been training martial arts for over 50 years now. Is, is that correct? Well, yes, uh, on and off. Uh, yeah. I started when I was in the Marine Corps in 1959. Wow. And, um, you know, nothing real serious, but guys coming back from Japan, Okinawa, and places like that were kind of teaching uh, karate and judo. And, you know, uh, being in there, I, you know, participated, but um, it w- I wasn't very serious about it. Mm-hmm. And then after I got out of the Marines, um, I went to live in Puerto Rico, and there I got interested in uh, Kung Fu a little bit. Hmm. But then I, what really um, got my attention was uh, Tai Chi. Okay. And, uh, you know, I was really, really into trying to learn more about it and reading about it, but after 10 years, I moved to Florida and I started uh, taking classes with the Walloon School of of Kung Fu. Okay. Uh, And from there, I um, was, had a little group of people that were interested in the Tai Chi classes and uh, my son um, was taking with the Kayanan brothers. They were taking the Sayak uh, martial arts, uh, Filipino martial arts. And both Sayak and I got along really well, and he asked me if I would do classes there. And I said, well, I'm not a teacher. And he said, no, you don't have to be a teacher. I'm the teacher. Uh, you just do what you know what you're doing. And so I started doing those classes there, and... Uh, after that, I, I had a small group, and we would meet in the park, and that was my interest. And But I always had in the back of my mind, how do you apply this? Hmm. How do you apply this? Uh, somebody charging at you, furious, and you're going to use that against them, you know. And uh, I met Lee Wedlake, and he is a very accomplished martial artist. And, yeah. Uh, you know, uh, Lee uh, was kind of a, uh, a guide and a, another friend of mine, Tom Bailey, who had studied with Chen Men Chen mm. uh, in New York. So I got to meet some of these people and uh, they kind of, you know, were guidance in a way. And I started doing some classes at Lee, Lee Wedlake's uh, school. And one day Lee told me about a fella up in Canada, which was Vladimir. And I said, wow. Uh, and they gave me a VHS tape to look at. And it was amazing. It was like, wow, this is everything I ever wanted to know about, you know, martial arts. Hmm. And um, amazingly enough, 
I was uh, doing a design for a uh, showroom, a tile showroom in Naples, uh, Florida, and uh, the people from Naples uh, asked me to go to Toronto, uh, Olympic Tile, to do a showroom for them up there, or at least do the design for it. Hmm. And that's how I got to meet Vladimir. Oh, okay, yeah. it's a happy coincidence that you were just about to do a job when you found out about Vladimir. Yeah, it was it was like uh, wow, <laughs> you know, when you know you need the teacher he appears kind of thing. Gotcha. And, uh, yeah. So I went up there and uh, met Latimer, and I didn't have much time, so he generously gave me a couple of tapes and said, "Look, look at this," and you know, um, I know it's a long way for you to come and. So we were in communications, and he gave me David Merle's uh, name. And David and Rick Merle were actually the people I studied under for a long time. And uh, I would every time David would go to Canada to Vladimir's, I would go with him. Yeah. And uh, from there, we David had arranged for us to go and stay at Michael's, and that's where I met Scott. Scott. Uh, in McQueen. Yeah. And uh, we stayed there for a week at Michael's, and then we stayed for another week doing, uh, they had this uh, inauguration of Sistema at that time. Mm. And um, I was able to go back once more, and I was able to go to China a few times to study uh, Tai Chi and stuff, and uh, so uh, it was was all great, you know, good for me, and... uh, I always remember that what they told me about the basics, go back to the basics, you know, mm-hmm. and uh, so that's how I got uh, into Sistema. Gotcha. So you said, that, so you were still um, teaching and training Tai Chi alongside Sistema? You did them kind of concurrently? I still do. I still do. Right. Um, the reason I do is everything I was doing, in, uh, you know, uh, in the forms of Tai Chi, I learned several forms. Yeah. I learned the uh, Chen Man Chen form. I learned the long, uh, Yang Family Long style. I did some Wu style Tai Chi. And everything I was doing in there, I started changing when I started to learn Sistema. Hmm. And, and when it came to the application, uh, it was different. But the body mechanics is what intrigued me, you know. Uh, so... Uh, I'm still doing uh, teaching some Tai Chi here in North Carolina. I've been looking to start a group, but I haven't started one yet here. You know. And you're uh, up in the Roanoke Rapids, right? Nearly on the border with Virginia, is that right? Or? Yes, yes. Yeah. Gotcha. I'm about two hours from you, two and a half hours. Gotcha. Yeah. So, so, um, so just to pull something out there, you said that um, since you started training Sistema, the, the forms that, or the way that you practiced, or taught Tai Chi, you said you started changing things in there. Can you, can you give a specific example of, of something that you felt would change? Because presumably these Tai Chi forms have been around for a very, very long time and they are the way that they are in order to try and build certain principles or characteristics. So what was it that you felt that you needed to tweak or, um, or alter? Well, the first thing um, that I learned about Sistema was breathing, posture, movement, relaxation. Yeah. And when I started to, you know, uh, look at what I was doing in Tai Chi, it was 
not breathing posture, movement, relaxation. Hmm. So the first thing I tried it to do is um, in 1989, I was in Hong Kong. Uh, a very good friend of mine, Dr. Chan, um, he was an acupuncture doctor, and we were very close. And he was going to China, and he said, Peter, I want to take you with me so you can see some real qigong and tai chi and stuff. And uh, it was an amazing experience. Uh, We got to work in a clinic on the qigong. Hmm. And then we had a teacher in the park, uh, private classes. And um, it was beautiful. It was, you know, what they were doing was, uh, wow. But uh, my skill, (laughs) you know, I was going, wow. You know, I was uh, close to 50 at the time. uh, And uh, I said, wow, how can I do these, you know, uh, keep this up, you know, and we were walking out of the park and I saw these three elderly women and uh, they were doing it like, you know, they would stop and they would, you know, correct their form. And it, 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 I don't know what they were saying, but it looked like to me, they were talking about what they were going to make for lunch or dinner, you know, (laughs) and it was so relaxed and so different. And, when I started learning Sistema and I started learning some of the principles, um, mm. I started to say, wow, that's what I saw in the park, and that's what I want to do. And uh, with the Qigong teacher um, and the doctor, he, he said to me, he said, look, we were learning a thing called Ba Juan Jin and mm. the tree exercise, mm. uh, which is a form of Qigong. Yeah. And he said, you're going to leave here. And I was telling about some of my friends that, you know, they had studied with other people. He said, you're going to leave here. And he said, you know, you can go on and you can start doing some things, trying to move energy and doing all of this. He said, you may hurt yourself. He said, basically what you need to do is stick to the basics. Hmm. He said, keep going back to the basics and the basics will change. And that's what I've experienced in Sistema, too. Hmm. The more I go, and, and David Merle said the same thing to me. Same yeah. thing. I mean, it was like, wow. <laughs> you know, oh, we're doing this again, David? And he goes, the basics, the basics. Yeah. And um, so that's, what, that's really where I started to do some of the changes and stuff. And then uh, I started to become more aware of the body mechanics and different yeah. things like that. Yes, yeah, you know, doing oh, Sistema, mm-hmm. you know, yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. Sure. No, go ahead, sir. No, you know, doing Sistema, you're in the moment, you know, you're, you're moving and you're uh, aware of everything that's happening and you're trying to maintain your breathing and your relaxation and everything else. Yeah. Um, doing the form... I could correct my posture and check my body mechanics. Uh, opposites were a big thing. Hmm. Um, different different things I wrote about uh, really helped me uh, to to understand. As a matter of fact, you know, I like the new people coming. I tell them it's like the you know learning to read. Hmm. You first have to learn the alphabet. Then you have to learn, uh, you know, your um, vowels. Yeah. Then you can put two letters together and start to put together words. And 
but you know, even though you know the alphabet, you know the vowels, you're not you're not able to read. Yeah. And then as you increase, you know, your ability and put together words, then sentences, paragraphs, you know, it it it's constantly improving and, you know, your ability uh you know, develops. And I feel that system is the same way. You know, if you stay with the basics, those basics change even now for me. Yeah. That's why, you know, I was a little bit uh, reluctant to do the uh, podcast because, you know, I wrote a pamphlet and since I wrote that, things have changed so much that, you know, I'm going, wow, (laughs) you know, I need to write something else, but then, it's going to change too. So, sure. And I, th- I think that's been, that's been, yeah, that's been reflected in most of the people that I've talked to that have trained longer than 10 years in Sistema. You know, it's uh, even the, the fundamental mm-hmm. messages coming down from Michael and, and from Vladimir have kind of been, um, have changed over the, over the years. You know, there's, there's less of an emphasis mm-hmm. on, for example, like wave motion and certain aspects of biomechanics and more of an uh, emphasis over the years. I mean, I remember like they didn't really start emphasizing breathing like really really emphasizing breathing until about probably 2009 something like that and then it became wholesale and i was on breath work and that became you know a big part of what's going on and then um, sometime after that there was a big emphasis on the combative body and like building this kind of resilient body that holds its own structure right that you don't have to try so hard to structure your body in the same way you just need to it needs to be used to impact and used to pressure and 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 to form it in certain ways so yeah I, i think it's natural that um you know, fundamental interpretations change over time, but there's, there seems to be a, a through thread and uh, <laughs> through, through it all, though, that um, has carried practitioners who have been training for a long time um, through the whole thing. So, that, yeah, it's interesting to get different people's perspectives, and that's that's part of what this podcast was all about. Well, so, for me, yeah. uh, life is training. Yeah. Life is training. And the same things that I use uh, in in a, say in a gym or in a, you know, a training session, I try to apply in everyday life. Um, I started doing, you know, I'm retired now. So, um, I go to Florida and, uh, I maintain my group in Florida and I go there like once a month or once every other month, depending on the schedule. Yeah. And, um, I've been asked to do some, some work in other places and, uh, I'm happy to go and help because, you know, I'm retired, but I've found that, you know, um, I started making some knives. Uh, the reason is, uh, I want to see if I can use the same principles in learning how to do that, something new, Hmm. you know, and, uh, that develops, you know, uh, as you know, okay, now I'm using body mechanics, uh, you know, um, I'm not just doing this and it, you kind of get into a, a, a thing like grinding. Uh, you know, you got to be very aware, especially working with that, a kind of equipment. Hmm. But I also feel that now I've gotten at first, you're making a lot of mistakes and that's learning to me, anyone, or anybody, I would give them advice. If you're making mistakes, you're learning. Yeah. And and that to me is the biggest thing to overcome because, you know, we don't want to make. We're always taught we don't want to make mistakes. Yeah. But if I would have known that, <laughs> you know, a long time ago, I would have probably saved myself a lot of, uh, you know, uh, time <laughs> in trying. 
Yeah. Yes. Yeah, yes. Yeah, interesting. You talk about kind of transferring those skills across to other things. I mean, there's, I think there's a, a parallel there in some, uh, you know, traditional Japanese martial arts where the, like the old samurai would study Bushido and they would study sword work. And, um, and they would also study like, you know, tea ceremony and, you know, um, very, very small and precise movements. And they would give the same kind of attention to those things to like making a cup of tea or composing a haiku or something like that as they would to their sword work or their, you know, their, their arm work. And it's, and there's this whole idea that if you, apply the same spirit to everything, then you're training yourself the whole time. And Sistema to me seems to lend itself enormously to that concept that you need to be training all the, you know, all day long, really, not just in the couple of hours that you devote to, you know, punching and kicking and rolling around and breathing in, while you're in the studio. You know, it's, it's, it's an all day, everyday thing and you should never really switch it off. And that, that was a piece of advice that Vladimir had for me, me a few years ago. He's, he sort of said, you know, he said, Glenn, you, you know, you do okay, but you, you're not training enough. And I'm like, well, what are you talking about? I'm teaching like, you know, six classes a week and I do like an hour of breath work and rolling about every morning. I'm doing other stuff in between. He's like, like, yeah yeah but he goes but between i can see that you know that you're not you know he goes you should be training all the time you need to, when you're in your car you know when you're picking up your kids you know <laughs> when you're doing other things and he could see yeah. in my posture that my my habit was to switch it off you know switch it off and let go of it and slouch or you know go back into shallower breathing patterns or something like that and he's like you're at the point now where you have to do this all the time you know otherwise you'll plateau really um and that was a, that was a big message for me and one that i, I still try to maintain and sometimes it's not easy you know after you've been up till three in the morning with the kids or something and the next day you're slumped in the car but i try and do little things to remind myself like if i'm in a traffic jam i'm getting annoyed then i try and take a breath in and out and i adjust the head mirror on my car so that i have to sit up very very straight to be able to see out of the out of the rear view mirror and things like that you know little tricks to kind of remind yourself but um but yeah it's 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 one of those things i guess where sooner or later things become more automatic right and some things more than others well, I'll be very honest. That'll happen continuously. Yeah, <laughs> it's you that have to to to, to bring it back. You know, uh, I find myself. You know, I get off uh, on some of these things, and I have to remind myself. Oh, bring it back. You know, bring it back. Yeah. You know, it's you know with the type of life that we're leading today. Um, unless you're living up in the mountains, uh, like the old uh, sages. Yeah, it's very difficult. You know, your mind's going to wander, and you you know you're going to be doing things, and um, you know, um, as you as you learn, you just have to come back and go back to the basics. You know, breathing, posture, movement, relaxation, and it kind of is like uh, a reminder to me of uh, you know, hey, be here, be now, you know, kind of thing, and uh, hmm. you know, it's. Um, it, it's not something you're going to be 100%. But the amazing thing that I found was that uh, it's easier for me to, to go back to where I'm supposed to be. Hmm. As you, you continuously remind yourself of where, you know, okay, uh, you know, the practice makes perfect. And, um, but there is no perfect. <laughs> so, yeah. you know, you just have to keep practicing. And I, uh, you know, I agree, you know, that uh, it has to be a, a, a all the time, you know, um, to a degree. Uh, unless you're doing this, I mean, 
you have other commitments and other people, and a lot of people just don't understand. I'm lucky. My wife, uh, she, she's traveled with me to, you know, different places and uh, China. And uh, an interesting thing when I was in Japan, you talked about the tea ceremony. Yeah. And I was taken uh, with this friend. He took me to this. A tea house. It wasn't a tea house. It was a cultural center, and they were having tea ceremonies. And we went, and this one lady had a table set up, and she was doing the tea ceremony. Very beautiful, very graceful. And uh, you know, I was wow, you know. And we tasted the tea, and they had some music. And then this friend said, "Come on," and we went to another environment where it was. Uh, in a tea house, little built thing out of, uh, you know, the, the paper walls and stuff. Yeah. And this lady approached the same ceremony, but in a different way. And, you know, the first one, we were all sitting in chairs. The next one, we were all kneeling. Uh, and we went through about three of these different sessions. And, um, you know, it, it, it was like, Wow. The same ceremony, but it was done three different ways. Hmm. And I, that was impressive to me, you know, that, wow, you know, everybody's going to apply it differently. Yeah. And, and depending on your environment, you know, that things change. That's why I think for me, what Latimer said was very important because during the day, your environment changes. Hmm. And if you can keep that up during the day and remind yourself during the day, then you can adapt to the, uh, you know, the changes. And uh, I think that's important, too. It's a brand new year at NC Sistema. All our classes are being held at our regular venue at 4815B Hillsboro Road in Durham, North Carolina. We're in the building behind the Triangle Music School on the junction of Hillsborough Road and Benrose Circle. In addition to our many martial arts classes, we've also added breathwork and strength and conditioning classes to the schedule this year. Visit ncsystema.com and view the new class schedule. Remember, there's a free trial class available for all new students. Book yours today. Do you think there's something important in not being too fanatical about things like you might you mentioned the you know the old ladies in the park in china and that your impression of them that was that they're tai chi much that they were like you know correcting each other's form and stuff like that they just seemed a lot more relaxed about how they did it my my experience of training in japan was kind of similar in that i started training like you know karate and aikido when i was in uh, england and scotland and people seem to be very gung-ho about it you know it's like show up and do like a thousand sword cuts or you know a hundred push-ups and then you do these techniques over and over again and they train like two three times a week maybe you know sometimes three four times a week but it was very much like you go in there and you you go hard and and then you go home and that seems to be the kind of the default for classes that I've seen like karate classes here or jujitsu classes or whatever it's going to be taught in America too but when I went to Japan what was really um really stuck out for me I was at the Iwama Dojo which is a very rural you know home of Aikido and uh, Ibaraki Prefecture very you know countryside 
And um, and the people that trained, they we went in at like six in the morning for the morning kick or with weapons. And it, everybody would show up and you do your weapons practice. And then they would go off to their jobs or their farms or whatever it was they were doing. And then they would come up, come back again for like six or 7 p.m. for the evening class. And they would train for an hour there. Uh, and then they would go home and they would just do that like five, six days a week. And it was just a very much more of, of the idea of just show up just um you know drip feed this into your existence it's just a regular part of your life and i taught at a school as well and the, and the kids the teenagers that were training kendo or judo that was the same pattern they would finish their academic classes by you know 3 p.m every day and they would clean the whole school because that's what the students do in japan and then they would go to the kendo or the judo for like an hour and then that's every single day they would do that and so it was because they were doing it more little and often they seemed less fanatical about the allocated time for practice is, is that your experience of people training tai chi and kung yeah, fu in china uh, as well i'll give you an, i'll give you an example glenn um yeah. one time i asked Vladimir. i said uh you know uh, he after i became an instructor i i had no clue i never even intended to be an instructor and uh after i became an instructor i said well Vladimir, um i should prepare my classes and this and that because i you know i i, I had a certain pride and Sistema, and I, you know, I didn't want to misrepresent it. He sure. said, "Oh no," he said, "Don't ever prepare anything." He said, "Just go and teach what you're going to show, you know. And if they want to see something, you teach it, you know. If they, you know, and and it was that kind of relaxed thing, you know. If you're going near and you're going with all this mental tension already, yeah, you know, uh, you know, then you're already defeating your purpose, I think. Mm. So, you know, and, you know, um, a big thing is, you know, people uh, I see in Sistema, uh, you know, they talk about fear. Yeah. And uh, you're going to have fear. You know, Michael and Latimer both said, you know, you have you have fear, but you learn to deal with it in a different way. Mm. Use it to your advantage, not to your disadvantage. So, uh, you know, I've, I've always done that, you know, uh, although I, you know, my background is architecture, so I want to do some research and, and I'm constantly reading stuff, uh, secret tactics, uh, Tai Chi classics. And, you know, it's amazing because, you know, you might read a whole book and you maybe just pick up one or two things that, uh, you can apply it to what you're doing. Mm. And uh, it, it's, you know, but when you're doing the classes, I, I try to just go in and uh, I, I think I do too much explaining <laughs> sometimes because, you know, I'm a detailed person in, in what I did. So, yeah. uh, you know, uh, but I guess it's okay too, you know. Uh, I, I feel the same way you do, I think. Uh, if I can save you a year or two in trying to work something out, yeah, then I'm all for it. You know, uh, the ones that pick up on it or whatever, and and you know, it's going to work differently for you. Even though uh, you know whatever Latimer says, I used to uh, whenever I was uh, at a seminar or anything that Latimer was doing, I used to always you know try to you know, uh, take notes. And, and one day, uh, he said, don't take no notes. He said, when you go back, whatever's in your mind, uh, write it down. And he said, 
and before you write it down, don't take a shower because everything you're going to wipe away. I said, what? You know, and and it's so true, you know. Uh, so I started practicing that with David. You know, David and I would go and uh, say, okay, let's write this down. So I, I get a pad and paper and I'm writing it down. And I said, David, why aren't you writing it down? He said, well, you're writing it down. Why do I got to write it down? You know, and we used to joke around like that, but... Uh, it was so good because what was important to me, what I took from there, that was the thing I had to work on. Yeah. And, uh, you know, just something so simple like that. I think the simplicity of it, like you're saying, uh, is the beauty of it, you know? Yeah. Yeah. It's funny. As when I first started training, I, I used to try and, um, especially being like insecure as somebody who was leading a training group before I got qualified, you know, by Vladimir to teach and become an instructor and stuff. I used to just be worried that I, again, I'd be misrepresenting Sistema or leading people in the wrong direction. So I started out by just watching the, you know, TRS tapes or the, or Vladimir's training DVDs and just trying to make notes on them and then almost teaching those progressions, you know, minute by minute, almost, you know, trying to recreate them so that I'd try and pass on as few mistakes as possible. And then later I would go to seminars, um, like Vladimir's seminars or seminars with Martin or Quan or whoever else it's going to be. Um, mm-hmm. And when I would take notes, extensive notes on those and the training progressions so that I could recreate them both for myself and for my group. Um, and then somewhere over the last kind of five, six years, now I'll, I'll go to like HQ, for example, and train there for a week. Um, and I'll train for that session and I'll come back and then I'll just write down the, the three things that stuck out most to me in that session, right? And nice. it might be something like, you know, keep your hands heavy um, or, um, you know, maintain you know keep a natural distance where you can escape or counterattack. you know all the time like leave yourself options or something like that and these and what i tend to find is that noting down these higher order principles and then going back to them it, it, it tends to stick more you know the human brain and the body oh, can yeah. only retain so many things and if you try and go too in depth on too many things you you kind of spread bet and then you don't really grasp anything you know <laughs> you're better off grasping two yeah. or three things well than you are like trying to grasp 50 i think and and i have to work against myself i'm, I'm more of a kind of a detail person as well and i used to try and dis- deconstruct systemer a lot more but now i'm trying to let it wash over me a little bit more because i realize that effort mm-hmm. doesn't always yield the results i want it to <laughs> Right, right, right. I think I agree with you 100%. Uh, you know, I would go and, uh, you know, work on heavy hands, and then I would say, well, wait a minute, what does that mean? Yeah. And, you know, then, like, 10 things would pop in my head. How do I how do, I do this? What What does it mean? What is a heavy hand? What is this? What is... And I used to drive myself crazy with it, you know, and... Uh, you know, then I was saying, well, I got to relax and just maybe it'll just happen. And it does. You know, I mean, um, all of these, you know, there's people who have natural abilities. Yeah. People, um, their body mechanics and, uh, you know, you know, some people had some kind of training and, you know, uh, maybe like uh, gymnastics or something where, I see the, you know, I watch some things and I see people using, you know, part of their body to do, you know, the, the system. And unless you're using the complete body and, uh, you know, coordination of that body and, you know, proper posture. And of course the breathing is movement inside the body, you know, and you start to internalize a little bit, you know, and, uh, I find that, uh, you know, it, it's, 
it's a process, you know. Uh, I guess you could say it's a process of awareness or a process of elimination, not using what you don't need, you know. And I find that so much motion is wasted and hmm. not needed. So I'm always trying to refine that too, you know. And uh, it, it's it's really uh, it's amazing and. I'm going to be 77 this year, and to me, you know, I just sent you a thing on fasting. Yeah. Well, Vladimir told told a group of us 20 years ago about fasting. At least, you know, try to do it once a week or, you know, try to do it in partial if you don't want to do the whole thing. And it was like very relaxed kind of, you know, you guys should do this, you know, and I do this. And, you know, he practices what he preaches. Yeah. And it's amazing. Even the dowsing. I, I've gotten away from dowsing because I was in Florida and, uh, you know, uh, uh, I haven't done it that often. But when we used to go to Czech Republic every year uh, uh, to work with big Sergey Bosch, uh, we used to go out in the snow and douse, you know. Yeah. And, uh, you know, it, it, it's, it's all uh, part of uh, the other part of Sistema is health. Hmm. You know, uh, as you're getting older, you want to maintain your health in order to be doing these things. Yeah. And if you're following the basics, then, you know, for me, I've been able to, uh, yeah, you know, you have different problems and all that, but uh, fasting is a healing process for me. And, uh, you know, whatever thing, I've worked through it, you know, and... Um, I find that uh, I'm still doing some exercise, you know, the exercise I did, but now I'm not trying to prove I can do, you know, 100 sit-ups or 100 push-ups, you know, I'm just yeah. doing a few, you know, to uh, maintain a good uh, posture and, you know, keep my body uh, moving. Yeah. Yeah, it's something um, Vladimir has sort of said before as well. I remember, I think, in an interview with Igor Ponizov a while back that Sistema should change with you, right? Um, it's like you shouldn't try and move like a 20-year-old guy if you're not 20 anymore. You know, it's like if you're quite far That's from 20, right. it's like 20-year-old guys move that way because they have energy and they have physicality. But as you get older, your body acquires, you know, wisdom. It acquires kind of more... Um, kind of subtlety of movement and, and more sensitivity as well and you, and you can apply that to the way that you move and so it, you should change the way that you move as you get older you know you should be more refined um, but at the same time there's a minimal amount of structural work that you need to do right to keep your body healthy and that's being played out in you know standard scientific and exercise physiology circles now where people are sort of saying well, it's not really enough just to go for a walk every day you know if you want to maintain health into old age then you need to be doing some you know some push-ups or something loaded something that gives you you know something weighted that maintains the integrity of your muscles because they tend to degrade anyway so you have to kind of work against that process so it's not enough just to be a runner or a you know a cardio freak <laughs> you need to be doing something structural well, and i think that's where the structural stuff in systema really comes in it's like if you can do a good slow push-up every day and a good squat to a fairly deep area and you can do a body raise then it means you've got the mechanics you need to get in and out of chairs and you know lift things in and out of your car or mm -hmm. you know do get up and down stairs or all the things that we really want to be able to do until we're very very old you know so it's like the the basic minimal set right. of movements that's what we really want we don't need to be able to do backflips and spin around on our heads you know <laughs> Well, you know, uh, one of the things is uh, the fasting. Fasting provides us with uh, time for the body to heal. Yeah. Uh, 
uh, and uh, you know, this now is coming to light, uh, and a lot of people are doing this. Uh, I think it's called intermittent fasting. Sure. Yeah. And uh, you know, stuff like that because your body, you know, needs that time, downtime to to be able to rebuild and stuff. And uh, you know, the other thing is that uh, I find like. I did a, a, a class where I was just showing them different ways, you know, of walking. And I can remember uh, when we first started, you know, how they taught us how to walk, you know, and how to to move and how to, you know, uh, even the ways we used to call it spetsna running, you know, uh, it was, it was, wow, effortless when you can do it. Hmm. Uh there's a famous guy named Peter Ralston, and uh, yeah, I, know. I read yeah. some, a lot of his stuff. And um, there was a time, Peter Ralston, I don't know if it was on one of the tapes or in one of the books, but Peter Ralston said he had met a girl, and she was a jogger, and he hated to jog. Now, this is a guy in great shape and everything else, but hated to jog. Mm-hmm. And uh, he said, what? He liked the girl. So she invited him to go jogging with their group. And Peter Ralston said, okay, uh, I can't do it this week, but I'll do it next week. And he said he figured out the proper body mechanics for jogging and breathing. And he, you know, he started working on it. And next thing you know, they were ready to quit and he was just getting started. Yeah. I mean, it was effortless for him because he was using his whole body Yeah, and he was in the right mental state and his body was functioning with the, you know, he used his diaphragm instead of using uh, just the lungs, you know, mm. I mean, you know, it, it's like unbelievable some of this stuff, you know, and, um, you know, you're reading something like that, then you try to apply something like that, you know. Yeah. Uh, it's like what Latimer says, I, I try to remember and apply, but, uh, you know, and correct, you know. Right. <laughs> crazy, crazy. Yeah, it's, that's the interesting thing about it. It becomes like a like a self-regulating system, right? You can apply it as a framework mm-hmm. to all kinds of things. And I had an experience like that with that. I mean, I also hated running. I, used, I was forced to do cross-country running when I was at school, and I was never all that, you know, I wasn't like the lanky kids who just could cover, you know, six feet in every stride and just bound across these hills in southern England I was always like the chubby kid at the back running around you know huffing and back puffing and I realized that my breathing was terrible nobody had ever taught me how to breathe properly while running and I was just over breathing and after going to a couple of um, breathwork seminars up at um, Toronto HQ I experimented I was walking and breathing a lot anyway and then I got into for, for a while into like running to see what it was like and I'm like okay this is this is not so bad and then a friend of mine and I entered a 5k last minute without training um, and ended up coming in like first and third respectively he came in first I came in third and I didn't train for it at all we just showed up and ran and breathed and it was uh, we were overtaking people uphill especially like people would slow down when they were going uphill Um, but we were breathing better and just attacking the hill you know with shorter breathing bursts and and more coordinated body movement and that worked really well and I also found that in swimming I've never been a natural swimmer I've got kind of like dense heavy legs like Irish descent potato picking legs pretty much right Um, and I would just kind of swim 
at 45 degrees with my legs kind of you know trailing under the water and thrashing the water to a foam with my arms and not going very far you know um but uh, some years ago somebody gave me a, like a, a video on by this olympic trainer that taught you how to relax a little bit more in the water and just kind of feel the line that you're cutting through the water like a ship you know um and then afterwards i ended up applying systema breathing to that as well and just trying to relax as much as possible especially the shoulders and just be as long as you can and and that changed the way that i swim and that, now i'm not still not the fastest swimmer in the world but i don't exhaust myself when i swim i can do distances you know right. so it's uh, so it changes so many things once you have this framework to self-correct with rather than just try harder okay. at everything you know so. yeah trying harder is not the solution you know uh and, uh, you know, uh, swimming, uh, actually, I remember uh, when I was a kid, Marciano, uh, he was a great boxer, great yeah. champion, and he used to train in the water, punching. Hmm. And uh, when he was in, uh, in a match, he would actually hit a guy's arm so hard that he, they would blood, blood vessels would break. Mm. Uh, because he used the resistance of the water, you know, and, uh, you know, like one of the things, uh, I always say that after four ounces applied, that's all I'm going to give you mm. and everything else is going to move, you know, on mm. me. So I use that four ounces as a basic rule, you know, what means four ounces? I don't know. It means something different to everybody, but mm. for me, if you apply four ounces to me, then I'm going to move because I don't want you to allow you to apply more force. Yeah. And, uh, you know, it becomes, you know, very movable, very uh, things. And I find that, you know, even as you're getting older, if you can apply these things and make, you know, through body mechanics and, and breathing and, you know, um, you know, you can move. You, you don't have to be, uh, you don't have to have this, uh, what do you call it? Uh, you know, the strength that you use when you're young, Yeah. you know, mm. because you're using more mechanics to it, you know, like, uh, they developed a bicycle, you know, so that you can move faster and you're using a simple motion to generate a lot more energy. Yeah. You know? And, um, uh, I always ask the students, I'd say, you know, when you're, uh, you know, when you use the ground, it's like, uh, which way does a car go forward? It's by pushing backward, mm. <laughs> you know, so uh, you need that traction, you need that ground mm. to, to give you, you know, your support, not only your support, but your movement too, you know, yeah. and uh, it's, it's, if you're compressing, then you're moving, you know, and, mm. uh, so anyway. So, so, um, so what are you up to now? Are you still, um, teaching the group back in Florida, back in Fort Myers? Are you still flying backwards and forwards uh, from North yeah, Carolina? Yeah, I'll be, I'll be down there, uh, next month. I'm going down and I'm spending a few days there and then, uh, we're going down to the Dominican Republic. Uh, I met a few people there with Ruben, uh, yeah, on that Ruben. Yeah. Rivera. Yeah. Ruben is a great guy. Um, uh, met him at a couple of the seminars and we've been doing some things together and, uh, he introduced me to some of the guys down there and they're a great bunch of people, great yeah. bunch of people. Yeah. 
And so when I'm down there, I'll probably do something down there. Uh, Frank Santana. Yeah, he's great. Uh, man. Yeah, great guy. He's a great guy. Yeah. Uh, they're very, very uh, eager. Uh, they remind me, you know, like... Um, they'll if you tell them to work slow they'll work slow and there's a lot of people that are you know uh like uh rated black belts and you know what they would call instructors and uh, i guess uh teachers and stuff like that and different uh martial arts that come yeah and uh they are great i mean these guys uh are not you know they're they're willing to work they're willing to listen and Fortunately, uh, my Spanish is is okay, but uh, you know uh, I learned it a long time ago. But uh, I don't think it's improved that much. But uh, <laughs> Ruben usually helps me, or one of the guys over there will help me out yeah. <laughs> if I get in trouble. Great. But, are you teaching seminars elsewhere, and elsewhere in the states, for example? Well, um, I did a couple in Charlotte and stuff. Uh, you know, uh, if I'm asked, I'm willing to go anywhere to help anybody. I mean, right now, uh, I have time. And, uh, yeah, I, I, you know, but everybody's on their own thing, you know, doing their own thing. Sure. I've, been, I've been over to Misha's, and I've been at, uh, with the twins. We had a ball, uh, you know, unfortunately, um, I only could attend that one day. Yeah. But, you know, uh, we had had a good time. We were down in the Keys together, so we had some fun down there and, you know, talked about various things. And they're very, very talented. There's so many talented people out there today. True, yeah. <laughs> young people. Mm. And, uh, you know, that's amazing. I didn't start till I was 55, so. Right. <laughs> Yeah, so I feel they're very lucky to start, you know, even yourself, you're very lucky to start at this time. And uh, Yeah, yeah, I didn't start till I was like 30, but I was, uh, you know, even, and I kind of wish I found it earlier, but I don't think anything is wasted, you know, those years we put into no. our martial arts, we got different things from them, you know. So. Oh, definitely, yeah. definitely. Right. Well, hopefully you can maybe come down and see us in uh, down in the Triangle, cause not too far away, like two, two and a half hours maybe. So maybe we're hoping to set up yeah. a weekend or something and come down and uh, and put my guys through their paces. I would love to do that. I would love to do that. And right. uh, just just give me a call. And if I'm, you know, uh, if you can give me a call a little in advance, I'd, I'm happy to do that. Grand. Well, we'll look forward to it. Well, thanks again so much, thanks. Peter, for taking the time today. I really appreciate you taking the time out, and uh, maybe we can catch up and chat again pretty soon. Anytime. Anytime, right. Glenn. Thank you so much. Thank you very much. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening. If you'd like to find out more about classes, workshops, and seminars at NC Sistema, please visit us online at www.ncsistema.com. Mm-hmm.